counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. There ain't no second place in Lambo, it's a whole new game. You either go big, go hard, or go on back home. You got to feel it in your gut. You better want it in your bones. Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. It's Dane here with Wags. Wags, we've got a defense. We have a defense, and that is exciting stuff. I don't know how much we have an offense yet, but we got a big win in week one. Wow. Um, that's the best football I've seen out of a Green Bay Packers defense in, shoot, half a decade, maybe. I, I They were flying around. Start to finish, they gave up three points against Chicago Bears. Uh, I have a lot to to dissect uh, on this game, but is there anything top line that stuck out to you that uh, you were just impressed by uh, in the outset of this? Well, I think a, a couple of things. Uh, defense and special teams. Uh, certainly, you don't want to overlook what J.K. Scott did. And uh, Mason obviously just had a couple opportunities, but coverage was very good. So uh, those are two areas in general that have seemed to fail us uh, quite a bit over the the last few seasons. And it is just one game, but for both units to come off uh, with a strong start to the season is a a welcome sight to see. Uh, Certainly uh, defense, I don't care what you say about Mitch Trubisky. The Bears have some offensive weapons, so to only hold them to three points is a very, very impressive performance. And they just uh, seemed to know where they were on the field, didn't give up any big plays, and uh, played some very sound and uh, fundamental football, uh, didn't have uh, really any mental mistakes. And, and that's, that's, a, that's the biggest thing that I, I saw was just everything seemed pretty sharp on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they'll, they'll give up more points in, in other games, certainly, but uh, that was uh, as impressive as a performance as you're going to get uh, out of both the defense and, and I think the special teams overall. So a uh, great start for both of those units and uh, going on the road and shutting down the Bears uh, in a hostile environment. Those fans were ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very pleased with the outcome and couldn't be happier with with what um, the team did overall. Listen, I think fans are prone to overreact either positively or negative, uh, negatively after one week of football. Um, uh, all that said, I don't think Mitch Trubisky, you know, he's had some solid football games in his career. So it's not like we are playing a rookie quarterback here. And um, I thought overall the Green Bay Packer defense just made the entire Chicago Bears offense uncomfortable from start to finish. And as you watch that game go on, uh, we love watching the big guys play. And we started to watch the Chicago Bears offensive line stand straight up. They couldn't run the ball. Uh, they're, they're getting stood up by our D-line. And um, my goodness, I know, again, one game, but Goody... What a nice uh, group of free agent signings. We saw both Smiths meeting at the quarterback regularly. And, of course, Adrian Amos, the former Chicago Bear, strikes a dagger into the hearts of Chicago fans with that interception in the back of the end zone. I know it's one week. I get it. But we saw things we haven't seen in a number of years. And from the outset, 
what we noticed was that the Packers were gang tackling. This was a defense that was around the ball, and it wasn't individual guys like we've seen in past years. It was a number of guys, and if one guy missed, his teammate was right there to stick him. And uh, we saw that time and time again that anytime uh, somebody was running the ball in Chicago, you had two, three Green Bay Packers around the ball at all times. Yeah, absolutely. I was... You know, we're going to see better quarterbacks than Mitch Trubisky, obviously. Uh, you can say what you will about him. I, I agree. He's not, I, I think he, he showed some throws that he can obviously play at this level. But uh, Tremont, with some uh, remarks after the game, certainly <laughs> you can take what you will of those. I, I, I was reminded of Charles Woodson's yeah. comments <laughs> about Jay Cutler a few years ago. I, I don't think that's really what Tremont was going for. I, I, I think he was just more pointing out the fact that they wanted him to throw the ball uh, a lot uh, as a quarterback and not get to move around and run the ball because that's where he can really hurt you. And the Bears only ran the ball as a team, um, it looks like, 15 times. That's not a whole lot. I think uh, that Bears offensive uh, coaching staff are really going to probably be looking at that. So the next time we face them, I would imagine we'll see a heavy dose of that running game. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's that's uh, something that um, they seem to be a little bit out of sync and overthinking things offensively. So certainly can't take anything away from a masterful performance by the Packers defense. But I would imagine we'll see a, a much different game plan from the Bears next time we face them. Sure, and teams adjust, uh, but I thought everything was trending uh, leading up to the game for this to be a difficult game for the Packers. Obviously, the offense hadn't been on the field at all together. New head coach, hostile environment. The 85 Bears were in the house. You could you could hear how loud that stadium was um, from the second that the, the TV telecast came on. So um, it was really impressive for me to see these guys settle in on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, a couple guys I want to highlight. Number one, Darnell Savage. That kid did not look like that was his first NFL football game. He was flying around like a missile. Were you as impressed as I was with what Savage was doing? He broke on the ball. He was in the right position. I know he's got Amos helping him look good, but Savage looked as athletic as I've seen a safety in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. He, His performance wasn't quite as impactful as what Jair Alexander did on a national stage against the Rams last year, but pretty darn close mm -hmm. uh, from the safety position. You're absolutely right. I was extremely impressed. And the kid was out there for all 73 snaps on awesome. defense. So he and Amos just locked down the second back end of that secondary. And they looked like they complemented each other very, very well. Mm -hmm. And there was no mistakes. That's, that's the biggest thing. Savage, uh, he's got speed to make up ground. I think there may have been one play I remember where he was slightly beat, uh, but it wasn't, you know, deep over the top. But he made up ground and was able to tip the ball away. Uh, certainly that's something that he'll be able to go back to the tape and take a look at and, uh, you know, recognize where he's got to be. But that's going to happen to guys all over the place. I, I don't care, you know, how much experience you have, that can happen. But, oh, man, the way he was breaking on the ball and just making plays and, and uh, getting in there and, and making tackles, uh, that was sp uh, special. And this, this secondary overall, 
uh, I think, came through and showed why they can be a, a special unit. Even with Kevin King, kind of just, he, he got a good number of snaps, but mm -hmm. uh, it was Tremont that was out there most of the game. Kevin King coming off injury, I, I don't think they wanted to overwork him, mm -hmm. uh, but he got about 42 snaps out of the 73 defensive snaps. So I would expect as the season goes along, hopefully if King gets healthy and kind of gets into the swing of things, that, that may start to um, change a little bit. Tremont played a, a very good game. I thought he got called for a, a questionable mm -hmm. um, late hit, but overall he, he didn't get beaten and he didn't look a step slow out there for a guy that's that's pushing 40. Yeah. Uh, so Tremont with a great game and showed like we, we've got a you know some really strong leadership in that secondary group with with Amos and Tremont just anchoring things back there. So, uh, yeah, I was uh, very pleased. Raven Green was out there in kind of a hybrid That's role. That's who I wanted to talk about, uh, yeah, too. He so, played a lot of snaps for us. He played that inside linebacker. We were wondering kind of who would fill that role. I knew that we'd signed B.J. Uh, Goodson, but he's, you know – Newer to the the defense, so didn't you know he wasn't mixed in on this on these plays. Obviously, Oren Burks is hurt. Bolton got hurt. Raven Green, man, his name got called for all the right reasons. I thought, and we just kept seeing him mixing it up and being involved, being around the ball a lot. And if you were watching that defense, you saw a guy that was passionate, that was around the ball constantly on uh, Thursday night. Yeah, and I thought that the Bears, I don't know what they were really doing. Tariq Cohen, they started to get a little bit of, exploit a little bit of a mismatch. That second to last drive uh, that ended with the Amos interception in the end zone. Mm -hmm. But they were able to get him kind of out in the flat and in space. And I was surprised we didn't see more of that early in the game. But Cohen's a guy that's gonna create mismatches for a lot of defenses around the league. If we go back to tape, perhaps that's a better matchup for a guy like uh, Jair Alexander when they put Cohen, uh, when they put him in motion or if he's coming out of the slot. I don't know if the Packers were necessarily ready for that, but look, it did not hurt them. Uh, clearly in the big picture, it didn't result in points or uh, any uh, you know chunk yardage. So uh, uh, overall, we're able to contain uh, that. Uh, I thought that uh, they did a, a fairly decent job against Allen Robinson. When you look at the numbers and the stats, uh, he was the one guy on the Bears offense that seemed to have a, a fairly productive day, getting just over 100 yards and seven receptions. But um, that's a guy, another guy, a, a big weapon. And um, it wasn't any breakdowns. I, I thought that the plays and the catches that those two guys made and, and Cohen and, and Robinson were, you know, they were on plays that they just executed well for the Bears. And, and, and uh, when the field got shorter, the defense was able to come up with big plays. Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. And, uh, you know, I, I fear almost with both uh, both uh, Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith that we're going to be, and fans are going to be prone to just calling them the Smiths, uh, but they're both really individually played really strong games. I thought that um, Zadarius was uh, all over the field, but I've got to highlight Preston Smith, who, you know, he had his hand in the dirt. Um, my goodness, man, he played like 72 snaps. He played 
all game long. He was anchoring that defense in so many different ways. Of course, near the end, he had that he had that fourth down sack where uh, the Smiths literally met at the quarterback to end any last hope Chicago had. But throughout the game, Preston Smith was just active in the backfield. He was the one that was just in the quarterback's face consistently. He was beating blockers. He was batting balls down. He was doing a little bit of everything. And he's one of those guys that's just a grinder to me. Uh, he, he'll make the flash play here and there, but he's also just an incredibly solid football player that allows for Zadarius Smith and some of the others to move around a little bit. He's a true anchor to this defense. Yeah, and I mean, those two guys complement each other so well. On that last play, they ran a stunt and Zadarius flashed inside, soaked up two blockers and kind of, you know, may have, uh, you know, hooked his arms to kind of lead those guys mm -hmm. a little bit inside. Um, and so that freed up Preston to swing around on the stunt and he just closed in and was able to uh, get that sack, big sack at the end. That is awesome because we see Patton dialing up those stunts all the time. And no offense to the guys that we had last year, but they were not able to execute and, you know, close and uh, get those uh, uh, hits and sacks as frequently as we would have liked. But Zedarius and Preston, they were showing that they can make those plays right from day one. And those guys got to love uh, yeah. playing for a coach that's going to dial stuff up like that. And, I mean, how about Zedarius had a great game and, you know, he just goes in and says, well, I'm not going to get this sack, but I'm going to create the sack by unselfishly running that stunt to the inside. That's, you know, that's how you play football. you got to have all 11 guys out on the field willing to execute and play well together. And look what happens then. Uh, big play at the end to seal the win. Yeah, and I thought uh, it's something that we've been preaching since uh, free agency and the draft. Uh, but I thought it really summed it up. That image of all the defensive players running to Coach Petten after the game and jumping all over him. This really is a team that has a lot of individual talent, but there are some of all their parts. These guys are all doing it. They're all playing their function well. And um, in this small sample size, it was very clear that they like playing together. Yeah, they're, they're, there's good chemistry. There's some good energy going on right now. They like playing for the coaching staff. And um, you, it just felt like there was a recharge in Green Bay after week one. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about that because chemistry, I'm a firm believer, obviously, it's not something that you want to underrate. Uh, some folks will say there's no such thing as momentum. <laughs> I, I don't know, whatever. I, we can argue the logistics of that all you want. But chemistry... Boy, you, it started with Rodgers with the little playful shove yeah. on, on Patton, and then all the defensive guys kind of swarm around and getting jacked yeah. up, you know. So that is that is fun. I mean, they they like to play for these this coaching staff. That's got to mean something because in the NFL, these players oftentimes will outlast coaching staffs or they'll be on another team next year. So they know. They know when they have something – you know, special or some, or they've got a room that they really can enjoy coming to work every day and, and that they're going to be challenged and the coaches will make them better players. Mm -hmm. That That is not something that we can be in the room on, but you can see that on camera with things like that. Those little, those little things, those celebrations that you see, it's usually pretty vanilla on most NFL sidelines. And again, 
only one week, but you've got to really like what you see if you're a body language doctor with 100%. Green Bay. In the last couple of seasons, was like 180 degrees in the opposite direction. So uh, that is uh, doesn't mean that we're going to win every game. I'm no, not going to predict no. that we're going to go 16-0, but um, uh, that will be something to, to keep an eye on and watch for because uh, I think – uh, that will pay dividends over the course of the season when we do have some some of those um, uh, adverse moments that we have to try to overcome. Wags, dare I say that the Packers are having a little bit of fun again playing football? Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, that's that's what it's all about. Fly around. It's it's tough, uh, especially right now. You know, it's hard as a defense too. It's hard to play defense. In the NFL. You're, you're, you're going to get flagged all the time for these ridiculous calls. Uh, this this game, you know, I I thought the refs did okay. They were a little bit flag happy with the holding calls on, mm-hmm. on both teams. Um, certainly, the Bears had quite a few holding calls on them. Uh, so, Third and forty, man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not complaining, but it's it does affect the flow of the offenses a little bit, especially. So, um, but we came into the, the this week in our recap. Predicted that the defense would be a little bit above, ahead of both offenses, and mm-hmm. I was hoping for a, a low-scoring game and good defensive game, and that's exactly what we got. So I have no complaints. You're not going to hear any complaints from me. No, no. And let's transition to the offense because, um, you know, I think that uh, uh, candidly, I, I think that we expected probably uh, having not been on the field at all together, you expect them to be working out some of the kinks. Once the uh, once the bullets start to fly, so to speak, so you have that, and it's almost a perfect storm of trouble because you're also playing uh, arguably a top three defense in the NFL in the Chicago Bears defense. So you're playing a great defense, and all eleven guys on the offense haven't played together before uh, in this offense, and you've got a new coaching staff, and you're on the road, and you've got all these problems. And the first couple of series, it looked like it. I thought that they looked confused. They, being the Packers' offense, looked confused at times. I thought it's they seemed out of sync. Um, and then all of a sudden, MVS, Rodgers MVS, kind of blows the doors off of the Bears' defense. And in that moment, I thought, this is just a little glimpse and a little spark into what this offense is going to look like and what this offense can do where they're not afraid to take a big shot at a big moment to try to flip the field. And that's what they did. And MVS came down with that pass and it went, okay, now we're cooking. And you could see on that drive that the wheels started to churn and you started to see, okay, this is what the Packers offense is capable of uh, once they um, kind of have their feet under them a little bit. Yeah, and that was obviously the game, but I was more impressed with their 10-play drive in the fourth quarter that resulted in a field goal, to be honest with you. Uh, the stakes at that mo- uh, time, and, and they started to, I think, get a little bit more uh, run game finally going. It hadn't done anything all game, but on that drive, uh, they were able to uh, get the, the running backs, and, and Jones got a few decent runs. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was something that was, that was good to see. And they, they used up some clock. Uh, certainly that didn't really make any difference in the end result. But uh, in any event, um, they really only had two drives all game. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of things uh, that uh, stood out to me, though, on that uh, early drive that ended in a touchdown um, was that they not only got the long pass to MVS, 
but executed then in the red zone. And Rodgers and Graham, kind yeah. of on the fly. Rodgers made a hand signal, kind of just motioned that he was going to throw the ball up. Uh, saw that Graham had a little bit of a mismatch with the smaller guy covering him. Didn't really get the ball up all that high, but it was enough. Uh, Graham, Graham yeah. kind of came back to the football, and that was, I mean, some people said that wasn't a very good throw. I think I thought that was basically where Rodgers wanted to throw it, and Graham, so Graham came back to the football and had sort of boxed his guy out and had position. That's all they needed to do in that situation. So it was really good to see those two guys uh, kind of connect and have that um, uh, that non-verbal connection that they sort of were able to make an adjustment on the fly mid-play. And the tight ends overall were, I thought, the you know the hidden gem of the offense all game. Uh, all three of the tight ends got involved to some degree. Uh, Mercedes Lewis had a couple of catches, and uh, quite honestly, he's not going to be someone that's going to take the top off the defense. But the way they used him was exactly what I was waiting for them to do all last season. And he, he, he's, a, he's a tough guy to cover out yeah. in the flat. Uh, he just is. And he's just such a big target. So it was good to see him kind of get involved a little bit. And uh, certainly Jimmy uh, had a, a few nice catches, was able to, maybe the, uh, as an addition to the touchdown, his next biggest play was uh, drawing that pass interference deep mm -hmm. down the middle. Mm -hmm. And uh, then uh, Tunyon had a nice catch in the second half as well uh, to keep the move, chains moving. So uh, those guys uh, were the ones that I thought kind of kept the wheels moving a little bit on an offense that was struggling to, to get anything going all night. Yeah, and I'd like to add the, uh, the uh, another MVS play. He came back with another chain mover uh, after that, that long catch. And it's just in the development of a younger receiver, yeah, we know he can run deep and we know he can make plays, but to come back and also make a catch there, um, mind you, he was my X factor of the game, Wags. I'm not going to let you forget it. And he came down with that catch and I went, oh, I can't wait to tell Wags on the podcast. He was my <laughs> X factor of the game. Um, but he came down with that, but I was really impressed by that. And then also, um, Trevor Davis. Nice play there to, to move the chains. Uh, Devontae Adams came out limping for a play uh, late in the game. We needed a play on third down, and Trevor Davis went down to his knees, picked that ball up, and then turned and picked up more yards. And I was like, okay, man, Trevor Davis, this is kind of the flashes that he's shown in preseason. Of course, he had the monster preseason game that I think um, guaranteed his roster spot. But then to show that in a game in a big moment, bravo to, to TD to make that play as well. Sure. Uh, and that's just running the right route, being in the right spot. It, it, it wasn't a play that he needed to beat a, a, in a defensive back off the line of scrimmage or anything like that. But you're right. Uh, he came in, ran the play made a nice catch, mm -hmm. and, and it was a big moment at a time we needed it. So. And for a guy who needed big moments. Yeah. You know, he needs big moments in these games, and I was really proud of him. For yeah, I, Dane, I, I think lest we be considered completely homers, which we are, but having some objectivity, um, a couple of the less than stellar things about the offense we probably should touch on. I guess, you know, a, a couple of things that really stood out to me. You can... Yes, the Bears have a good defense. I don't want to just you know, give the, give that as a you know a flat reason. Honestly, this offense got a hall pass this week mm -hmm. because the defense could have had a nice performance and given up, let's say, 17 points to the Bears. That's that's a solid outcome. You expect to have a real good chance to win any week if your defense gives up 17 points. 
uh, they scored 10 points. It's not going to be good enough. Uh, they have to get better. Aaron Rodgers said it after the game. Mm-hmm. I'll be better. It wasn't our best performance. But we came into the week wondering, how are they going to come out? Are they going to be rusty? They were rusty. Oh, yeah. Um, they went two for 12 on third down. That was a lot of what we saw last year. Uh, that was a little bit discouraging. A lot of those third downs were third and long. Uh, so they need to work on getting into more manageable down and distance situations so that they have more third and short. If they're in third and one or third and two or even third and four, uh, they're going to have a much better chance because uh, they were in third and long and they gave up a number of sacks on the, in those situations trying to get the receivers downfield. They just weren't able to, you know, get the timing down and, and have enough time for Rodgers to set and throw and find uh, guys in a second or third progression, which is what a defense like the Bears are going to force you to do. Um, it, it, another piece that was a little bit discouraging was the uh, cadence. They, they, the tempo just wasn't what I was expecting to see. Um, we did have to take one timeout because the play clock ran down. And we saw, I thought, way too many situations where Rodgers was snapping the ball yeah. with like 0.5 seconds left on the you know play clock. We just can't have that, especially against a defense like Chicago. Then they're able to pin the uh, ears back and get off the line of scrimmage immediately because there's so much. Once the play clock's down, they can just go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we have to, and that's that's something that I think Rodgers likes to kind of uh, survey the defense and, and give some different looks and make some calls at the line. But he's got to get up to the line faster. And I don't know if the plays weren't getting in as fast as they would have liked either. It was Lafleur's first game calling plays uh, in a regular season environment. Um, so it, it might have been everyone involved, but. For a coaching staff that's talked as much as they have about tempo and getting up to the line and move and go, mm-hmm. uh, they looked a little bit slow at times with, with their tempo. Uh, and that's something that has to be addressed and cleaned up. And, and I will be surprised if it's not moving a little bit faster in the coming weeks. No, that's a good point. I completely agree with you. And uh, I actually, a couple times, it kind of came to mind the old saying, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> and I thought that that a little bit with uh, how much we've talked about how they want to be a, more of a running team this year. Um, ran the ball 22 times. It, it was enough in this game. Uh, but as you said, I think very rarely is 10 points going to be enough in this league. So um, they, they kind of fell back into some of these old passing habits. And I agree. I think they're going to clean it up. I was uh, pleasantly surprised to see the amount of... Um, um, bailout plays that Rodgers had at his disposal to um, running backs early in the game. We didn't see it so much later in the game, but they tried to work the screen in. We saw a little flip pass to lose um, Jamal Williams that was a little reminiscent of the old Brett Favre days with the flip, and that made me smile. So uh, that's something that I think this offense has been missing. Uh, Rodgers having that check down, here's the running back, worst case scenario, flip it, let that kid do something with it. Uh, but they do have to get better. They have to get better at running the ball. I think the offensive line at times looked um, 
they had their struggles. I thought that up the middle they had some troubles. I know Bakhtiari had a couple holding calls on him uh, as well. Um, they gave up a few sacks. I thought one of them, maybe two of them, Rodgers was holding on to that ball a bit. A couple others, he didn't have a chance. So those are the things they're going to have to clean up. And yes, the Bears do have a top-tier defense, but at the same time, we're going to need to expect better from this offense. And I, I have no reason not to think that they're going to get there. It's going to be a couple games here. I think we're going to see some improvement this week. And I think we're going to continue to see that. But I think what good teams do and what um, what become great teams is you see them continue to ascend as the season works. And I really believe that this Packers, as they are currently construed, have the um, resources and the ability to be a team on the way up. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, it was also a little bit of a tough week for this offensive line. Mm -hmm. They had some moments where I thought overall pass coverage, as you said, was pretty solid considering um, a couple of the sacks. I, uh, Rogers, you're right. They have just held it a little bit too long. And uh, I, I think I said this last season and you shushed me, but honestly, the guy's 35. He, he does need to learn to pick his spots a little bit mm -hmm. and know when to just get rid of the football. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I get it. I'm just worried that He's going to take a few too many hits if he doesn't, you know, adjust a little bit how he plays this game. And, uh, you know, this offensive line is working hard. And I'm not saying that he shouldn't try to, you know, extend some plays and, and, and make some plays with his feet. But it's time and place. That's all. I, I guess that would be my only, my biggest concern. But, uh, you know, Lane Taylor had a tough game. And, yeah. and Bakhtiari, I think, had two holds against him all last season. He had two, two holds this week. He, he certainly did a great job against, um, you know, a, a very tough assignment with Khalil Mack lined up against him a majority of the time. But um, it, th that's not something that you'll see from Bakhtiari too much. And um, I, I think he'll he'll probably kind of put this one in the rearview mirror mm -hmm. and move forward. But um, Lane, I think, is going to, you know, have to, to really, really um, step up if he's if he's still in the starting lineup this coming week. And I think he will get a, at least one more chance here. But um, I have to say, I'm, I'm sure Elton Jensen's is breathing down his neck yeah. right now because uh, he just didn't have that physicality that I was hoping for. It really just really got manhandled out there. And that, that was a little, that's, that's one thing that was a little bit discouraging is this offensive line didn't seem like they were quite ready for the speed and physicality that the Bears uh, defensive line came with. Mm -hmm. Um, and yes, the, the, they didn't get a lot of live bullets, but um, that has to improve significantly as we move forward. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely right. And uh, and uh, you know, we we transition then. It's a big week. That was a big win for us. I think one and zero as we try to um, take the division back. And now we have another tough opponent. It's it's not. It doesn't get easier right away here for the Green Bay Packers. And um, uh, I'm encouraged by what we've seen, but uh, we have a, uh, a tough task again against uh, Minnesota this week. And uh, in doing so, another tough defense. Uh, in doing so, I would argue a much more explosive offense. So, Wags, as we look at that and as we look ahead, um, what can we expect from your perspective 
um, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, I think, um, because they've got two real threats on the outside in Diggs and Thielen that we're going to have to contend with. And now Cook um, looks like he's running the ball well for him. they got Kyle Rudolph at tight end. These are players that we know very well as Packer fans, seeing the Vikings twice a year. Um, this is going to be a tough one, right? Yeah, so I guess I didn't know we were going to preview the Vikings. Um, I, I Overall, I guess I would just say that you know, in, in looking at what what I am going to keep my eye on is it's more the execution part. I I'll be keenly interested to see what the tempo looks like uh, with the offense. Are, are they getting up to the line of scrimmage and getting that play called faster? Are they snapping the ball before there's a half second left on the play clock? Mm-hmm. And those are things that you know uh, are within their control. Uh, that they can adjust and, and move up in the fly. Um, I would like to see, you know, it's hard to say. You know, a lot of people like to look at, you know, the, the different formations that they're running. You know, we look at some of these snap counts, and the reality is when you punt the ball nine times and you don't really run the ball and you only get 13 first downs and mm-hmm. score 10 points, it's pretty tough to get very creative. So, Overall, I, I thought the um, offensive scheme and game plan got pretty vanilla as the game went on, but I have no complaints about that with the way the defense was going. It became a very old-school you know, field position game. Mm-hmm. You know, Don't try to overthink this. Both defenses are playing well. Don't do something dumb and turn the ball over. So uh, next week against the Vikings, I would expect to see a little bit more tempo and maybe a few more wrinkles uh, to uh, get – get uh, some different personnel looks and some different personnel groupings. I, I think we'll see a little bit more of Jake Kumro. Um, yeah, he only played one yeah. snap. What, what do you make of that? Do you think that was just more of a speed thing? They wanted to have a little more speed out there? I think so. And I just think that was a, a probably just wasn't the best matchup for him. But, I mean, Geronimo and Allison wasn't out there. They, they yeah. primarily went with just two wide receiver sets most of the game. And they had some extra tight ends. That seemed to be where they were finding their mismatches. And that's that was a heavy part of their game plan. So um, what, uh, if that changes I, I, a little bit against the Vikings, I, I guess I wouldn't be too surprised if they uh, have a, a few more um, three wide receiver or maybe even some four wide receiver sets uh, just to have a, a few different looks, um, give Rodgers a chance to get some more quick throws uh, to his receivers uh, so that he can get rid of the football and isn't standing in the pocket and, and taking as many hits or sacks. Um, it's... Tough to do those types of formations, though, when you're in third and long. Right. So that's, I think, a big part of why we didn't see them as much. So that getting that running game going is going to be key because if you're in third and five, you can send out those three or four wide receiver sets and run short routes and get open and pick up the first down. When you're in third and ten, that's not going to work. Um, then you're <laughs> then you're even more of a, a target for those defensive linemen because uh, you have less guys back there to block, and, and that's just not going to work real well. Yeah, no, I, I, I concur. And just running the ball, right? I think that uh, Aaron Jones had 13 carries. Jamal Williams had five carries. We've talked about how difficult it was. But they're going to need to get more touches for us to be successful long-term in this offense because if they're moving and if Aaron Jones is moving that ball well uh, on the ground, all that's going to do is open up all those other options for Aaron Rodgers. And I agree with you. I actually think Aaron Rodgers is at his best – 
when he's throwing those short passes and making some of those plays. And then uh, out of nowhere, here comes the deep shot. I think that's always when Aaron's at his best and he's feeling the flow there. Uh, defensively, I would expect the Vikings to run the ball a lot more than the Bears did against us. And they're probably going to pick up more yards because the Packers' defense, they're schemed to stop the pass. Uh, their number one focus is not to stop the run. And I, uh, hopefully we can you know, have some, some pretty sound uh, run defense over the course of the season. Uh, certainly that would be... Uh, a real boon to this defense. If, if listen, if we're shutting down the opposing running games the way we did against the Bears, whew, look out! That is going to be a big time unit. Um, the thing is, is that the Vikings they understand that if they can have some longer drives, run the ball over the course of the game, that defense will wear down a little bit, and they might get a few more looks. So, to me, the biggest key defensively will be winning that turnover battle. Can, when Kirk throws, gets, puts the ball up in the air, um, we had a, maybe a couple of additional opportunities mm-hmm. that we dropped some would-be interceptions in, in week one. And uh, it's, those are the, the types of plays that we need to secure the football uh, again week two against the Vikings because they may kind of move the ball up and down the field a little bit more than the Bears did. Um, but um, I, I like our chances if we're able to uh, come up with some, some big plays and some turnovers uh, when that field shortens up because then not only are the Vikings not getting any points, but the Packers are potentially getting, getting some great field position and flipping it back on the other side. Yeah, and I, you know, I think this week you touched on a really good point. To your point, um, they're probably going to run the ball a little bit more, which means I think we're probably going to see a little bit of different personnel that we maybe didn't see this past week. I mean, looking at the the snap counts alone and, and anybody who watched the game, we didn't see anybody like Ty Summers, for example, who uh, made the roster out of camp. Uh, obviously I mentioned B.J. Goodson, but we're, you know, we don't have some of these middle linebackers in that uh, perhaps we're going to play. I know Tyler Lancaster played yeah, a little over 10 snaps last week, but he's a run-stuffing guy. So if the Vikings are playing more, you're probably going to start to see some of these other guys uh, cycle in a little bit more, and we might be playing a little bit more of the three-down lineman set. So um, I think it goes to show the um, the flexibility of Coach Petton's defense that we're going to be able to see flashes of um, different guys. In some weeks, we're going to have an awful lot of guys playing uh, that maybe the next week are, aren't playing as many snaps. So it's just going to be an interesting to, thing to see as this season progresses um, because uh, we might have a, a, a significantly different dress list this week compared to last week because the Bears and the Vikings are just such different teams. Yeah, I seem to recall, and I, I guess I'd have to go back and look. I, I, I don't have any um, of the games recorded from last season. I tried to put those out of my memory too. <laughs> but it seems to me that uh, Patton seemed like to dial up a few more um, uh, blitzes from, from the second level, the linebacker group, and, and even the secondary against Vikings. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see that a little bit more. Um, uh, Kirk doesn't seem to be someone that you want to allow to get comfortable in the pocket. Yeah. So it's going to be a slightly different game plan uh, with him. Instead of maybe using that um, uh, defensive line to rely on getting the pressure like they did against the Bears, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, some more pressure coming from the outside and, and from that second level uh, to try to get uh, – Cousins to be moving around a little bit more and having to be making plays on the run. 
uh, that seems to be where the Packers are going to want him. Mm -hmm. And then that's where we may have a better opportunity to come up with some turnovers because um, we have a healthy secondary now. Um, and they have, listen, they have a, a nice receiving core, but I like our chances to be able to run with these guys, uh, especially if we have Kirk kind of running around, scrambling yeah. around uh, in that backfield. So I would expect to see some, some more blitz packages and a little bit more pressure uh, here in week two against the Vikings. Yeah, that's the thing is I think that we were able to see a real pass rush, but then on when the quarterback got rid of the ball, we Jair Alexander is starting to have a little bit of an island out there. Yeah, uh, He really did, right? I mean, they weren't throwing the ball towards his side of the field all that often. I think that's a testament to the work that he's been putting in. Right, and they were in primarily mostly base looks. They they didn't really mix it up all that often. I, I think, um, you know, they, they sent Raven Green a couple of times, but uh, for the most part, it was pretty vanilla. Most of the, you know, pressure that they were getting was from that defensive line up front. And that's great. Gotcha. If they can do that against the Vikings, then they don't have to dial up some of those extra blitz packages. They'll be happy with that. Don't get me wrong. But uh, Cousins is a guy that, listen, I'm not a Kirk Cousins fan, mm -hmm. not only in um, because he plays for the Vikings, but I just don't think he's a very good quarterback. Mm -hmm. That said, you don't want to allow him to get a rhythm because no. he has hurt the Packers in the past uh, when he's able to stand back in the pocket and get – uh, time it to throw and, and get some some rhythm, uh, especially if with those receivers are, are getting a little bit of a cushion and, and can get open downfield. Those are the things that they've been able to do at times and hurt us in the past. And they might get a couple of plays, but I think that uh, with the health of this defense and kind of the way what we saw from them in week one and with the additional playmakers, I, I, I think that this defense will be ready to go again for week two. Um, and uh, the offense is going to need to step a little up a little bit because I want to see more than 10 points um, in week two. I, I, I'm not saying that they couldn't win with 10 points next week against the Vikings, but I think realistically uh, we need to, to get some more points up on the board to, to feel pretty good about our chances. Yeah, and uh, no offense to J.K. Scott, who's phenomenal, but maybe a little less airtime this week would just make all of our, our heartburn go away. Yeah, J.K., bit. why don't you kind of rest that leg a little bit? <laughs> Take the week off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but, man, oh, man, I think uh, J.K., all Oof. throughout the preseason, he was big cheese player of the <laughs> week, and he didn't quite make it this week, but he could have. Sure um, you know, we had to just recognize that deep defense, but um, what a performance, and particularly on that last punt. What a moment. Uh, oh, so a huge yeah. play. That is a weapon, Dane, and mm -hmm. uh, I am excited for this kid because he's now showing some real consistency. Um, I don't think preseason or regular season makes much of a difference for these specialists. Mm -hmm. they got to get out there and execute, and he's been doing the job on Basically, every punt he's been out there. So uh, what a performance, and, and I am excited for this kid. But, yeah, how about maybe uh, <laughs> a lot less kicks for next, yeah, for next week would be nice. Absolutely. Well, I, I think we're just really excited about what we've seen. I think that um, clearly the defense has, has taken – 
big steps again. One week, but it's a really strong one week, and, and I see no reason that we wouldn't be building off of that. I think there's a lot of optimism uh, looking at the offense going forward, and that's what's going to be a lot of fun this season, I think, is I think we're going to see a lot of wins from this Packer team, but we're also going to be able to watch a team grow under a first-year head coach, and as we've mentioned, a head coach that this team just really is rallying around right yeah, now. Yeah, and uh, certainly... We won week one against the Bears last year, and we know how that went. So we can't overreact, as you said earlier, to one week. But early in this season, it is, this is, we're opening against the Bears at Chicago and now coming back home against the Vikings. If we are able to come up with a strong performance and get a win, I don't care what the score is. If we get a win this week against the Vikings, that's just stacking wins in against division opponents. Mm-hmm. That is huge because then now later in the season we maybe the schedule lightens up a little bit you have to you have to come every week but you stack those wins early it's a significant difference when you can be five and two or six and one versus starting out oh and two or one and three and you're kind of trying to scrape yourself out of that hole it, it's a, a lot more fun uh, when we get to that midpoint of the season and we're in a, uh, kind of in the driver's seat in a good position. That first win really takes a lot of pressure off, too, I think. Just overall, now we're not sitting here going, oh, man, the offense wasn't looking what it needed to. Defense looked good, but we're still 0-1. Now we're playing the Vikings. Now we're sitting here going, listen, we're in the driver's seat already. So I, And I see no reason why we aren't building off of it. So I couldn't agree more. Yeah, one thing, one other thing, kind of going back to the the Bears game. What did you think about that last uh, series when we passed on second down? Hmm. Yeah, so I was kind of freaking out uh, on my couch. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of freaking out a little bit. I wanted us to run the ball a few times. It it wasn't... um, I, I become reasonably conservative uh, in football terms uh, near the end of games. I want to get those guys to... Uh, you are a student of Coach McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Well, I would, have, I, I would have liked to have seen those timeouts burned off. Obviously, if the catch happens, the, the, you know, the game's more or less over. But what I didn't like was that that ball looked like it could have gone a lot of different ways, and that would have been pretty problematic for me. Yeah, that was the biggest key for me. Actually, I kind of like the play call, to be honest with you. And here's why. They do it on second down versus running the ball twice, and then on third down, the defense is like, well, they'll probably pass, and then they're ready for it. It makes executing a play and and getting that catch uh, really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought second down is the down to do it. Rodgers has to be way smarter in that situation. You either complete, you throw a pass that you're going to complete 10 times out of 11. Yeah. Uh, the only way that it doesn't get completed is if the receiver just flat out drops an easy <laughs> one. Or you hold on to the ball and just take, take a, you know, take a knee or just run out in the flat and, and slide and, and, you know, give yourself up, mm-hmm. keep that clock running. Just got to be smarter. He missed big time. I, I mean, um, I'm not going to over-criticize him, but uh, that's that's a little concerning to me is Rodgers, you know, he's got to he, – I, I really hope that he's – I think he's taking this coaching, and, and I'm not trying to go down this road of co- questioning him and the coaching staff, but um, he – He's a veteran quarterback. He just has to know better in that situation. And I get he's probably so confident that he sees a read and he just flips it out there and right. he thinks he's going to make every pass. But 
um, you know, that's that's the only complaint I had. I, I had no issue with the play call itself. So, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's an aggressive move, and uh, we've got a new sheriff in town, Dave. No, Certainly. No more conservative running the ball and losing at the end of the game. Uh, we're <laughs> what do you think Coach Mack was doing? He was probably like, what are you doing? Because you know he was watching that at home on his couch. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. I wonder what Coach Mack is thinking right now, but that would be another that's podcast. That's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah. Anyway, so Dane, thank you uh, for getting together on thoughts. Of course, I'm, this is great. I'm excited. This was um, uh, we. I, I don't think we were necessarily expecting to get a win, but it's a uh, we we liked our chances, obviously, mm -hmm. and and uh, the way that we got the win was uh, very very um, uh, encouraging. And boy, oh boy, like you said at the top. <laughs> We got a defense. We got a defense and go pack go. Go pack go. 